Welcome into another episode of the Unnamed MMA Podcast. I'm Adam Abdallah, along with Jordan Sherwood. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. Follow Jordan, who just got an email at Woodon1063. <laughs> you heard it, right? It was just so <laughs> loud. Like, I don't understand like, all these notifications, and they have these just weird alerts. So I just, That's okay. I just silence the computer. So That's fine. No, no but, hey, business, business, takes, business takes precedent. I get it. I get it. Uh, business was not good last week. We'll <laughs> no, be fully it was Transparent. Business was not great for us last week, but that's okay. It's a new card. It's a new day. It's a new UFC event, and we are here to preview UFC Fight Night. We'll also recap a little bit of UFC 273 because obviously uh, there are some implications from those fights that will, you know, further, especially our main event uh, with Luke and Muhammad, the rematch, Luke and Muhammad too. So we'll get right into it. We will start with that. Friend of the show. Bilal Muhammad joined us a couple weeks ago to preview this fight. It is finally taking place on Saturday on UFC Fight Night. It is the main event. It is Vicente Luque, who is a minus 188 favorite against Bilal Muhammad. It was a plus 152 underdog. This is a rematch from a few years ago. Since then, Luque has won. Uh, he's won 10 fights and two defeats. And then we know Bilal has been on a run. He's gone 10 and 1 uh, with a no contest verdict in his last 12 fights. You know, that eye poke from a couple uh, matches ago that, that was ruled a no contest. So we've got, he's been on a run. Luke has been on a run, and now these two get to rematch. They're both, comp- I would say, Muhammad's more of a different fighter. Luke might kind of be the same kind of fighter. He's just still good. But huge implications for these two fighters as they try to move up into the welterweight ranks. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just it's just weird. I, I think it's actually weird timing that these two guys are fighting uh, in the spots that they're in, and, and they're not opposite other, other, other challengers, like other guys that have been to the top before, because these are like, the two unsung heroes, uh, if you will, of the, of the welterweight division. UFC is higher on Luke, and we talked about that with Bilal two weeks ago. They're higher on Luke because he was an alternate. He was there, you know, just in case the UFC welterweight championship between Usman and Covington a couple of weeks ago uh, fell off. He was there as an emergency backup and, you know, would have had an opportunity to, to fight for a championship or an interim championship belt. Um, and since that, Luke's got the better you know, strength of schedule. I, you can't argue that who he's beaten, Michael Chiesa, Tyron Woodley, Nico Price, you know, Mike Perry, um, Bilal Muhammad. I mean, those are guys that are, that are better than, than Bilal's, you know, been in there with, but it, he can't help the matchmaking. Like it's not Bilal's fault that, that he's not getting matched up with some of these, you know, upper echelon top tier guys in the welterweight division, but it's a great fight. And now with what we saw comes at Shemaev do last week, Winning and winning kind of ugly, you know, not like I predicted and told people he would do. I told you he was going to smash Gilbert Burns and win it within a round, and he was close. But, you know, if the queen had a package, you know, she'd be the king. It didn't happen. (laughs) Um, So, um, look, the winner of this fight is going to be in position to either fight for a championship or probably fight for a number one contender because you you do have Shemayev now that's up there. You got Leon Edwards, you know, hopefully getting a title shot against Kamaru Uzman at some point during the summer. And then you, you still got Gilbert Burns, who, you know, looked phenomenal, even though he lost mm-hmm. to, to Shemayev, uh, you know, in, in that big fight last week. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, it's it's getting kind of cluttered up there in this welterweight division. There's got to be some separation. This is definitely one of those separating fights between these two guys, between Luke and Muhammad. Luke obviously won uh, in, in in quick fashion in their first fight. Uh, Luke is the better jujitsu guy. He's the better striker. He's going to look to finish this fight. And Muhammad's 
going to look to try to get this fight onto the ground because he's been really strong when it comes to grappling. And if you look at the odds here uh, on FanDuel right now, uh, I mentioned that Vicente Luque is the big favorite at minus 188. And uh, the, the way, you, if you look at that by method of victory, Vicente by KO or TKO comes in at plus 230, and Bilal Muhammad by points comes in at plus 280. So the odds makers either think that Luke is going to finish this fight or that Bilal's going to go the distance, which is something we've seen from him in the past. He's been able to go the distance, whether it's three rounds or five rounds. And he, he goes to the, you know, it'll go to the scorer's card, and it usually ends up in his favor because he's, str- he's such a strong grappler. He talked about it with us, too, you know, training during Ramadan. It is Ramadan uh, for most out there. He's doing a lot of training at night, doing some training during the day, but it kind of alters your, you know, your, your, the way you train for a fight. He's fought during Ramadan before. He said it's no problem. He's adjusted just fine. And so I'm not worried about that aspect of it, but it's just a, it's a step up for him. And, um, it's, a, he's not a finisher. And because he's not a finisher and because this is going to go five rounds, I'm just worried about, you know, Luke landing one of those strikes to take out Muhammad in one of those earlier rounds. Yeah, I mean, you have to you have to identify that if you're talking about Vicente Luque. And it, this is why he's such a fun fighter. And, it, and it's 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 also difficult. Obviously, I'm trying to put it in a situation where I might be, you know, recommending a play, but also obviously rooting for Bilal Muhammad. He's <laughs> friend of he's friend of show. He's friend of podcast. But Vicente Luque has 21 wins in his mixed martial arts career, and 19 of them have come via finish. Eight of them via submission, eleven of them via knockout. I mean, this is a guy that is goes out there and finishes people and finishes people in a variety of different ways. And now you're asking me, okay, is, is he going to be able to do that against a guy he already finished before? And is he going to be able to do that over uh, against a guy uh, of five rounds? You know, he's going to have a lot of time to work with. I mean, it's not like Luke's, you know, one round and done. Like he he finishes guys late in fights too. He finished Brian Barberena really late with like six seconds remaining in a fight. He, I mean, he finished Nico Price in the third round of a fight a couple of weeks ago. The thing that I'm actually kind of looking at though is is the evolution of Bilal Muhammad and the fact that he has become a better fighter. He is a better boxer. He is a better wrestler than the last time that he was in there with Luke. So. As much as I, 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 I'm leading with, obviously, Luke's the finisher, plus 225 for him to win by TKO in this fight. Um, you know, the fact that he finished below Muhammad very quickly the last time they were in there, I might think the over, you know, early, early look could be the play just because below Muhammad has, has, has positioned himself as such a safer fighter and knowing what Luke is going to bring, I like that about below Muhammad and his chances to, you know, create a longer fight than probably a lot of people would expect with a Luke fight. Yeah, and when we look at, you know, the, the welterweight division, I mentioned, you know, we talk about Shemaev a little bit. What, what do we do with him now? Does he get the winner of this fight? Does he get the loser of this fight and oh, no, have to no, no, move no. up he more? Has to fight Kobe. He has to fight Is Kobe he going to fight Kobe next? Is that the next face. move? He has to fight Kobe, doesn't he not? Like, I, I mean, Dana White said that that's next. Uh, Shemaev is now the number two ranked welterweight in the world. That's crazy. Covington's one. Like, I, I just, but don't you just want to see Kobe Covington get his face smashed? Yo, I do. I, ve- I very much do. That is something I would like to happen so, a lot. So, sure, that's fine. But, you know, there is a lot at stake for both of these guys in the welterweight division. There's a lot at stake for for the whole division as a whole, just as far as seating goes. And, you know, we're all kind of waiting for uh, Kamara Usman to kind of get off his ass and fight, right? Yeah, but he's but that's not fair. 
that's well, not come on. What do you mean? Get out, come on, fight. Wait, he's been hurt. He's uh, been hurt for like the first time. He is he is a fighting champion. That that I will argue to the death that Kamaru Usman is not a guy that waits around for a fight like Tyron Woodley did as the champion. Other champions in other weight classes have. Kamaru Usman fights guys, and he fights the best. I mean, he has fought. Right. He has fought twice Colby Covington. He fought Masvidal twice. He fought Gilbert Burns. Like, he fights everybody. All so, right. I, I, I'm not – you, you got to hold your – slow your roll there on Kamaru Usman. Plus the fact like, I'm a big fan of his. He's a girl dad. Uh, no, you know, no, no, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not. Look, I like him. I think he's. I think he's great. But like, we're all kind of like waiting for him to get back and healthy to to, to kind of move to progress this division on, right? Well, he has to progress it by fighting Leon Edwards. Like, yeah, Leon Edwards has to fight him. Like, yes. that's the. I mean, Leon Edwards has not lost a fight, in, but since he lost to Kamaru Usman, yeah, fourteen fights. Unless he's he's the guy that's not taking fights. Like okay. he's the guy that like took the Nate Diaz fight right. and now hasn't fought anybody. Uh, and it's just been waiting around for the fight for Kamaru Usman. So I'll say this, like, like I guess you could argue if Luke or Muhammad win this fight impressively with a finish, um, probably may, they, they, they leapfrog everybody. And then you you, you get Shemaya versus, um, you, you get Shemaya versus Colby Covington and you get Gilbert Burns versus Leon Edwards. Mm-hmm. If I'm playing matchmaker here. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm not, I don't want to back up the fact that, of the magnitude of this fight it's extremely important mm-hmm. it's also both it's also two guys that have not fought kamar uzman i just talked about the other upper echelon of the welterweight division they have all fought uzman outside of shemaev um but I, I, you know it's if, I, if i'm looking at this fight and i i, I don't want to like because he's in front of the show but i, I mean no, I, you Luke, can. it's hard Listen. to pick against luke in this fight that's really fine is. i'm picking it, muhammad i know you're picking luke if but we'll both settle on the over yes all yes, right. I think I think that there's a and that and that obviously if it if it ends up being like that, then that that's a great opportunity for Bilal Muhammad to, to steal a fight because that means he's likely stealing some rounds, mm-hmm. some top game control, um, and 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 you know he's you know Luke doesn't like gets hit like he's also not like Shamaya prior to the fight against Gilbert Burns where he only like has taken one significant strike like he like eats seven shots to give. Like yeah. you know, it's, it's it's the Terminator sometimes out there, uh, and and one of these times, maybe it's against Bilal, maybe it's not, maybe it's the next fight. Uh, it's going to catch up with him at some point because of how how just reckless he is stylistically. Um, that it, it could be a, a, a short night for. Of Sunday Luke, but I don't think it'll be against Bilal Muhammad. So that is our main event. Make sure you check out our interview with Bilal Muhammad. It's just a couple episodes down from this one. Just scroll down a little bit. It's right there. Check out our interview with Main Event Muhammad. Is the main event at UFC Fight Night? That's on ESPN Plus this weekend. Our second fight on the main card that we are going to uh, preview is Miguel Baeza against Andre Fialo. This might be the fight of the night. These two guys are are great strikers. This they they come out fast. They come out strong. Uh, Miguel Baez is known as the Carmel Thunder, which I love uh, as a nickname for guys. Um, <laughs> striking defense is, is is an issue at some point for these Big guys. Issue, and it's, it's an issue too if you're starting to handicap players based on their nicknames. Exactly, but all, but listen, I'm not I'm not handicapping it that way. I'm just saying he's got a good nickname. I'm just like that's all I'm saying is he's got a good nickname, and and these guys like to throw punches around, and this could be an explosive fight. Baez is a minus one eighty four favorite. Fiala the plus 148 underdog here. How do you see this one in what could be like if you're looking at at Muhammad Luque as, as kind of if it goes the way Muhammad wants and it goes to the ground and it's grappling and it's ground control and that kind of thing, people tend to think that that's kind of boring. This has potential to be the fireworks fight of the night, right? 
It, it certainly does, although it's hard to argue that any of the fight's going to be the fight of the night or the you know the yeah, performance of the night because uh, Luque's on the card. Again, 19 finishes and 21 wins for mm-hmm. Vicente Luque. But yeah, this fight w- would certainly be it. Uh, Baez has got some unbelievable leg kicks and some calf kicks, and he you, you saw him utilize that in his first three wins in the UFC, uh, including the victory over Matt Brown, where he got you know knocked down in that first round, came back, won the fight in the second round, finished Matt Brown. We know how hard he is to finish. Uh, and he did it in 18 seconds. But he's lost two fights in a row. One fight to Santiago Ponzinibbio, uh, who's a tough fighter, you know, you know, top 15 in the welterweight division. And then he also got knocked out by Chaos Williams uh, in the third round. And Chaos Williams is kind of like a kill or be killed type of fighter. And obviously, you know, he got the win via via finish. So it's almost like Baeza has like stopped growing. He stopped maturing as a fighter. He was a big time prospect. He was 10 and 0, uh, and now he's lost two fights in a row. And and against Fiello, you know, he's getting a matchup that like favors him. But I'm actually skeptical in that favoritism because it's another guy also, you know, a lot of experience, took a fight on short notice in his UFC debut, did extremely well against Michelle Pejea, a guy that uh, finishes a lot of guys. A lot of people thought, including myself, that it was going to be a first-round finish against Pejea. It didn't happen. He lasted out there, and he looked good. He was scoring late in the third round. So, actually, I'm going to slightly lean on the upset. I'm going to slightly lean, actually, because it's a favorable matchup. Baeza has not, like, implemented wrestling and, like, this grappling that we've heard that he has. And, like, he's kind of, like, stalled a little bit athletically. So, I I think at plus money, Andre uh, Fialo is a decent play. Because he's got more experience than Baeza. He's got, I think, kind of similar style. He's more of a Muay Thai guy. Uh, Baeza is the kickboxer. Uh, so I think Fial at, at plus 155 is, is worth a look. Now, if we're looking by method of victory here, and you're going with Fiala, Fiala by knockout TKO is three to one. Uh, Fiala by submission is twenty to one, and Fiala by uh, decision is four and a half to one. Is there something in that that method of victory uh, pool there that you're looking at? Well, well, I mean, let's first and say this, okay? I mean, people that are listening to the podcast, they know. Yes, we hit on that twelve to one underdog <laughs> a couple of weeks back. We missed on the fourteen to one underdog. Um, you know, uh, you know, last week uh, on the show, although it could have been close, you know, I, I feel I feel like we were we were trending in that direction, um, but it didn't it didn't happen. Mark Madsen got the victory uh, against Vince Michelle. But um, bottom line for me is submission by Fiala is not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think you're looking at a, at a TKO finish by him. If you like Baeza, it's probably winning on points. So those would be the two prop directions I, I suggest. Because, again, we saw Baeza, he got knocked down in that Matt Brown fight, probably should have been finished. He got stopped by Chaos Williams, so chin is questionable. Uh, but Fayello, also a guy that might just stand in the pocket and take a lot of punches, and that's right up Miguel Baeza's alley. So if you like him, I'd probably be suggesting uh, – Decision victory for Baeza. All right, all right. So an opportunity to make some plus money there with Fialo on the money line, and then if you like Fialo, maybe sprinkle a little bit on the TKO at three to one there, or Baeza by submission there as well. And if we look, so that's it's it. Look, to be honest with you, it's a light card, right? Like the main event, kind of a light struggling, card. Struggling, struggling to find, yeah. Kind I mean, of a, a light of... card. So let's go to the prelims. We got some heavy yes. hitters here in the prelims. We got Devin Clark and William Knight. 
These are some big dudes, especially William Knight, who, like, if you follow him on Instagram, I looked on his Instagram a little bit, like, this dude is in the gym putting up weight. He, like, he this is the dude, gym. This dude is, is, is squatting. He the gym. He's squatting the whole gym, and it is insane. Like, this is a bulk up. He is a plus 148 favorite. Devin Clark is minus 184 right now. Uh, you know, uh, Clark's 31. He's up there in age a little bit. Uh, but, but I mean, this, this bulk up by William Knight is something we got. I mean, the dude is just solid muscle. And he, like you said, he benches the gym. He squats the gym. He curls the gym. He, he is the gym. It's insane. And like, I, don't, I mean, what is he just hoping to out to outlift this guy in the octagon? Like you, you, you well, can't it, win a it's, fight it's, that way. It's so, it's so interesting. Cause William Knight, like, you know, um, he went up in weight. He and he missed badly uh, a couple of fights ago. He missed heavyweight by, you know, like, or excuse me, he went up to light heavyweight. He was fighting at light heavyweight and he missed weight by 14 pounds. He weighed in at 218. That's a bad weight miss. I think I talked about it with you mm-hmm. uh, on the show a couple of weeks ago. He fought Maxim Grishin. I thought Grishin was going to finish the fight, so I, I handicapped it as the under, but also Grishin to win. Grishin won the fight, but he won it via the unanimous decision. But there was something going on with. With William Knight, the fact that he's going up to heavyweight now, it's came out of kind of deal now with Devin Clark. I don't know why Devin Clark now, who is a smaller light heavyweight, but really good grappler, and and you know I've I've cashed on him before as an underdog, but why now he's going to heavyweight and he's going into a, a heavyweight matchup with the type of like guy that he struggled with that like hits hard, has good takedown defense, and. William Knight, this is the type of fight that he wins. Like, he's just waiting for a guy to grapple, not strike with him, and just punch him in the face, and, and a guy that's been knocked out before. So, uh, I, I think William Knight is the play, despite Ooh, the, the bad weightness and how, you know, he struggled uh, his his last time out. Devin, you know, Clark's just, like, looking for, like, a new lease on life after losing two in a row, but... I don't like this matchup at all. I think there's really a lot of value on William Knight here. So William Knight at plus 150 on the money line by KO, TKO, plus 350. And like the, like we said, these two guys come out hot and heavy. They're going to they're gonna try to end this fight quickly. And then even if it gets to the ground, you could see a punch to the face or something like that, an elbow, whatever, by William Knight to end this fight even faster uh, if it does get to the ground. So are you saying maybe, again, like we did with the last fight with Fialo, maybe sprinkle a little bit on that TKO uh, yeah, knockout? Yeah, you have to. Yeah, yeah you, you have to, Adam, because like Devin Clark, like if he's going to win the fight, Devin Clark's going to win like probably like because of his grappling he's controlling william knight on the ground maybe he gets a submission um but i I don't see william knight having like an arm that is going to be able to be submitted or like a leg going or like his neck going back to the weight so um will and william knight i don't think that he's going to like win like a like a stand-up fight against devin clark he's going to knock him out like when he's going in for a takedown so yeah plus money Willing to win, and then inside the distance, likely by knockout is is, is my recommendation. I like it. the dogs are barking today. I like it. I like it. All right, let's go. This this is my kind of fight now. The big boys, yeah. some heavy heavyweights. <laughs> like we're talking heavy, the heaviest of heavyweights. And Chris Barnett, Martin Budai, these guys are these are the big boys. Budai's minus two forty uh, favorite. Chris Barnett plus one ninety five. I mean these these are the big guys. These are like the super heavyweights, right? Yeah, I mean, well, my, uh, I mean, Chris Barnett, it, it, he, he's, he came in with a lot of hype. 
Um, not necessarily for like his his win loss record or his skill set. No, but just like the stuff that he does in the cage and the stuff that he does outside the cage. I mean, this is guy had an unbelievable like dance into the cage his last time. He almost like knocked out a security guard because he was just throwing hands and like dancing and having a great time. He's excited to be you know in the UFC. And this is a guy that does like he had. He, he, I showed you. I this was when you were at Tavern on the Point uh, doing the Dos Hombres, uh, I think a Bulls watch party. Mm-hmm. And I like rushed up to him like, did you see this knockout that just happened? And you're like, what? And I showed you this. Oh, you know, yeah, five I remember foot this. Nine, yes. Five foot nine heavyweight doing a spinning wheel kick. Like, yes. knockout. Hey, which, which, I'm, I'm a now, fan of big dudes that think they're small dudes. Like, that's if you want to do all right, the, the flying and, and jumping and stuff, cool. But you got to swing your weight around the right way or else it's going to end badly. Exactly. Exactly. So here's the thing about that is like we had William, we, we had Chris Barnett to win that fight. Uh, and it was good. It was plus money. The problem was that, A, uh, he was fighting John Vellante. John Vellante is a guy that has a, a super dad bod. It was a light heavyweight, gave up on like actually working out and just looked awful and lethargic. And that was his retirement fight. So that's why we also liked Chris Barnett to win. Uh, the, the other thing, too, is, you know, that's what really Barnett's known for. And, like, if he doesn't land one, he doesn't land it all the time. Like, you know, he's not Anderson Silva throwing head kicks out there. Like, he doesn't land them a lot. He's mm-hmm. just very flashy. That takes a lot of energy, a lot of exertion. Uh, and it, it's tiresome. So, for me, uh, this is a bad matchup for him. As much as I love him as a personality and, like, he's fun. Uh, Martin Boudet is a, is a, is, is a younger, uh, more athletic, uh, and better skill set heavyweight, but here I'm going to disappoint you. We never, I never really like to cheer for the over. Uh, we're looking for the over in this fight. Ooh. I think, I think Martin Boudet is just going to like, you know, methodically win three rounds, control, stand up, uh, control Barnett on the ground. And unless Barnett lands one of those crazy wheel kicks, which he has, but not often, uh, I don't see another path for him to win. Well, that's a plus money too. The over one and a half rounds coming in at plus one thirty. So another another dog pick by you. And what's interesting about this fight here, Jordan, is that the method of victory we usually see plus money on all the on all the methods of victory, right? So for for Budai to to win by knockout or TKO, you're getting minus one fifteen. So slightly uh, a, a, a shorter favorite, but still you have to lay some juice there to get that. To him, to, for him to win by knockout, the odds makers think that this one's going to not go the distance. It could go over the one and a half for sure, but they think that Martin's going to finish Barnett here. Yeah, I mean, just because Barnett's been a guy that's been finished before. He got finished in his UFC debut. Ben Rothwell choked him out. Uh, a guy that probably will tire. Boudet's a guy that could, you know, get stronger as the fight goes on, despite being a heavyweight. Um, I'm not sure though if there's enough of me uh, of enough confidence. To just say, oh yeah, Dower fifteen, and he's going to win by by knockout because I could see a submission happening. But I also, like I said, I think the overs to play and, and the rounds, you know, are going to mount up. So I, I, I think probably Boudet just just straight up to win, minimize the risk. That's not a lot, so maybe you put him in a parlay. But the over for sure. I just think that like again, people are going to be distracted by Barnett's flashiness, the fact that it's heavyweights, mm-hmm. that he won by knockout his last fight, 
and understand that like it's most likely going to be a longer fight than people anticipate. All right, our last fight we're going to uh, preview here in the prelims is Jordan Levitt, Trey Ogden, two newer guys, one guy making his UFC debut in Trey Ogden. Trey Ogden's a favorite here is minus 138. Uh, Jordan Levitt, a plus 110 uh, underdog here. There's going to be lots of grappling in this fight. What's interesting here is Ogden opened as an underdog, or Ogden opened as an underdog here at around plus 130, and the money has come in and really swung these odds here a lot of money you know what they say listen i don't know if it applies to ufc gambling but when you see an underdog go to as a favorite you start fading it you fade the public start fading that public and go the other way so maybe like if i if these were two football teams right and trey ogden started as a three and three point favorite and came in at kickoff as a two point uh underdog or whatever uh, 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 it came in as a three point dog ended up as a two and a half point favorite I'm probably going to go the other way because a lot of that, you fade the public. I'm maybe looking at the underdog here now in Jordan Levitt at plus 112. Yeah, I, I, I am too. I mean, Ogden is coming in with with a lot of notoriety. You know, he, he, he's he got, I think, three now wins in a row via submission. Uh, you know, but and Levitt, you know, I think the, the, the knock on him is that, like, there, in his second fight in the UFC against uh, Claudio Pajas, like, he just, like, like wasn't there, wasn't in the fight, kind of struggled after an impressive UFC debut where he like knocked out Matt Wyman with a slam. But after that fight, he he, he bounced back and 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 you know submitted Matt Sales, who's a, is a pretty good fighter. So yeah, I love the fact that Jordan Lovett's plus money right now. I think he comes from a good camp. I think he's extremely athletic, good wrestler, good base, and you know there's that UFC jitters that you always always have to consider as well for Ogden. So. Small play, not my like my prime play of the week or anything like that, but a small play on Jordan Levitt because I like I like what I've seen of him out of three fights in the UFC. Yeah, this I mean this could be a good one. Like you mentioned, those bright lights of the UFC you're making your debut could get the best of Ogden here, and especially him opening as a dog and a bunch of money coming in that that scares me a little bit. If you're looking at Levitt by uh, knockout, that's plus. 650 Levitt by submission is plus 350 and Levitt by decision is also plus 350. So the uh, the odds makers think that this one could go the distance and if not it's going to be by submission. Yeah, and and, and we we've seen Levitt, you know, he had a submission his last his last fight against Matt Sales. Uh he's got six wins out of his nine via submission. Ogden has been submitted before. Um I'm not, you know, I I guess I guess if I'm looking at it, yeah, Levity. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not going to in either way. It's either going to be a, a straight up win for Levitt. I, there's not much confidence that the submission's going to mm-hmm. happen for sure. So that's the way direction I go. All right. So to a uh, quick recap here: Luke Muhammad over Fiala money line and a little sprinkle on the TKO. Uh, William Knight at at, uh, at uh, plus one fifty there, and then you've got the Burnett over at plus one thirty five, and we just mentioned the Levitt money line there. I'm going with Bilal Muhammad. You want him to fight you, so you're going to go with Vicente Luque. <laughs> That's fine. He'll remember. He remembers the name. He'll he remember you. Yeah, he'll, he'll remember, remember the name. Yeah, he'll remember he'll your remember. name, and uh, you know, hopefully he wins. No, but I'll say like, good luck to him. We hope he wins. Uh, the odds are against him, obviously, but as a friend of the show. We obviously hope that he wins. Chicago's very own. We're behind him. Anything else on this card you want to mention uh, before we wrap up? I think uh, Bueno Silva uh, in her fight on the main card is also a submission victory over uh, 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 Wu. So I think, uh, or yeah, Yanan, I think that that's the, that's the direction to take with 
um, Ira Blina. So, so a small play in there to win by yes submission. Follow Jordan Sherwood on Twitter at woodon1063. You can get all of his picks at fatjacksports.com. Baseball's in full swing. You've got the NBA playoffs here. You've got hockey winding down and getting into their playoffs. And all of the football's right around. The, it's, I mean, I know it's not summer yet, but you always got to have your mind on football. Fatjacksports.com for all those picks. I'm Adam Abdallah at Adam A. Abdallah on Twitter. Make sure you check out our interview with Bilal Muhammad. And we'll be back next week for another UFC fight night. We'll preview that all on another episode of the Unnamed MMA podcast.